We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rotaviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and probably some unabashed homerism. I'm your host, Dave on the Co., Joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay. You can find us on Twitter. I am at StayFunLaco. And of course, the one, the only, at Wispy the Kid. I don't know why I'm talking like an idiot. Matt, how you doing, man? We're watching some football. It's the wrong kind of football, the wrong flavor of football, but it's football. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, speaking of that, uh, so today is obviously the kickoff to the NFL season, um, which led you know my twitter in the morning to blow up with everyone like today's the day football's back today's the day's football's back and it just broke my heart because those people are missing out on good football which is college football i will probably not watch much nfl until i'll I'll turn it on on sunday as like background noise um i love football nfl for the purpose of fantasy and to be honest it's a lot of like all right is justin fields playing i'll watch him right because i liked him from college but I'm I'm so not an NFL person, which is funny because you think like, oh, well, I, that must mean you don't really like college either. I will watch college games from sun up to sundown. And you'll um, watch gross college games. Let's be honest here. Like, I mean, I'll I pretty much just always will, I like to have like three of them because so I don't I'm not I'm not crazy. I really don't have like multiple monitors up every once in a while. I'll set like because I, I also have like my wife that I don't want to have murder me hmm. um so hmm. i do like, that's a concept have, like <laughs> i have like a tv on in one room and then i just know where to quickly change to go to uh, make sure i'm never like watching a commercial make sure i'm not sitting around watching the boring one so i flip around a lot but i'm not a huge like i don't multi-screen a ton yeah so. i um this last week i think it was week one my buddy was up uh visiting from new mexico shout out eric doran you're not listening but freaking should um why aren't you listening because he he moved to new mexico and he can't bet anymore (laughs) what an idiot um no he 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 was visiting and we wanted to bet on a bunch of games because he could because we're in colorado and so um i had i brought my kids tv down from his room i brought both the tvs into the living room and i had the computer going so we had a four screen setup it was it was glorious uh but man i was freaking miserable i know we're this is way too long of an intro we're talking way too much but dude between the Tar Heels, Clemson, Notre Dame, fuck. <laughs> I was so mad. I lost uh, 50 units last week on, on just Yikes. those th- just those three games. I made it up in other places, um, but there was at least 50 units involved in those three games on various bets. So I was pretty, pretty miserable. I was able to come yeah. back in some of them and, and, and get some live action to kind of uh, help out. But overall, man. Uh, it was a rough as week person, for me. As the person you text during these situations, <laughs> I can confirm this story. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's but, annoying as hell, but 
That's eh, all right. Most of the, if I don't, if I just am not responding, it means my phone's down and I'm not ignoring you. I just, my phone's usually just down because every once in a while I don't respond. Uh-uh. Um, but so there is actually some news. So we'll actually start with the real news from the week. Okay. Um, Cause there was one huge piece of news. Um, so the big 12 is straight up expanding. Yeah. Um, like the, the applications have been submitted. It sounds like they are one step away from telling the, their respective conferences that they're out, but BYU central Florida, Cincinnati and Houston look like they will be joining the big 12 for some of them as soon as 2023. Um, so in theory, we may get years where all of these teams are still playing with Texas and Oklahoma. If you believe that that 2025 date is actually going to hold true, um, I mean, I'm super excited because I, I mean, I'm in Cincinnati. I, I'm super excited to see if this program can actually become, like, can Cincinnati become the next? I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, can they do what TCU did and get really close to the playoff? Right. Can they get become like a legitimate contender in the Big 12? Um, and particularly when, it, if and when expansion happens to the playoff, which I don't actually, I still don't think is guaranteed, um, can they make that leap? But I mean, which one of these teams are you interested to see? And you can say Cincinnati if that's your answer as well. Oh, honestly, um, so I still play, I think we've talked about this, I still play like NCAA 14, and I actually did an expansion because you can, like you can mess around with that, and I pretty much brought all these teams into the Big 12 because I was so sick of it not having enough teams to have its own playoff, just the way it, like, uh, not playoff, Mm -hmm. sorry, the conference championship game, but dude, UCF um, could be freaking fun, man, like, uh, I'd love to see what they can do, like, they're already kind of a fun team, and seeing them being able to recruit because like, obviously they're in Florida. So that helps with recruiting, but now being able to like with big 12, being able to maybe get some of Texas. And I think it could be, could be really fun, but Cincinnati is the, the easy answer, of course. Um, and just like with the product they're putting on the field already, I think it could be uh, what they need. Like we both listen to the cover three podcast. Um, the CBS guys like Tom Fernelli always talks about like how Cincinnati does not have a shot to make the playoff. And, and this will help, you know, like obviously this will help. Um, so yeah, it's fun. And I think it keeps the big 12, uh, relevant. I know they're losing their, their best two teams, but, uh, well, best two brands. How about that? Cause Texas has been down, Money but makers, yeah, things that matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. I was, I, I was pretty fired up. Um, BYU Houston don't really do it for me as much, but maybe that's unfair seeing as BYU was just really good last year, but I thought that was kind of fluky. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean that's the that's the big news, but then obviously, I mean we had the real week one. Um, while college football kicked off a couple of weeks ago, week one last week was our first loaded slate, and to be honest, it was just that. Um, not only were there loaded games, but the results were about as crazy as you could ever hope for. I believe eight of the top twenty-five teams lost last week. Um, yeah, uh, running through the the big like ma- major games. Uh, Alabama beat Miami 44 to 13, Georgia beat Clemson 10 to three, Penn State beat Wisconsin 16 to 10. I mean, quick thoughts that you have on any of these three, um, and whatever game you pick, I'll, I'll hit another one afterwards. I was, I was researching something, which three games are you talking about? Bama? Georgia, right, well, Penn State. I'll start up. Bama, 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 Miami, Georgia, Clemson, and yeah. Penn State, Wisconsin. Which, which one? I mean, which one of those three jumped off the page to you? Is like um, interesting, makes you think long term about one of these programs. Yeah, Bama. And I you're... mean, I think that's the easy one. Like Bama is just not going away ever. Like Bryce Young comes in. Uh, they had to replace half the more than half their wide receiver core. New running backs. Uh, even like Robinson get banged up during, it doesn't matter. They're putting up points against everyone. And I think like our principal last year, our principal play was Bama, no matter what, because you'll win money 68% of the time or whatever the numbers ended up being like, we're doing that again, like Bama every week. I will say that made me feel really good about all the times I said, people should be betting Bryce Young for Heisman. I saw, I saw you, I saw you tweeting about that. I was like, I mean, yep, you're Bryson not wrong. And CJ Stroud were my two picks for Heisman all off season. 
Yeah. Um, Bryce Young looks like he's already the best, might already be the best of the young quarterback core. And CJ Stroud, say what you will about his first half in the game, he ended with almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. When it comes to the end of the year, that those types of games they matter. Um, but I'll, I'll, I guess I'll quickly talk about, uh, you know, it's screwed. I'm talking about the one that I actually liked more. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin. Oh, gross. I love Big Ten. Okay, let's be clear. This was the same game. Penn State, Wisconsin, and Georgia Clemson were the exact same game. <laughs> they were both anyone gross. Tells, they were both anyone gross. Who, anyone who tells you that, oh, no, 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 this was just ugly Big Ten football where people are bad, and on the other one, no, 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 these are just amazing teams that are just sorry garbage. But... Penn State, Wisconsin was all kinds of fun. 0-0 at half, watching them finally open it up and like start to figure out ways to beat the defense and really get their playmakers involved in the second half was a lot of fun. I loved every second. It was tense. I'm sitting there like watching it with my wife, who's a Penn State fan. I sent you a picture of my son dressed yeah. up as a Nittany Lion for that game. This week he's this week he's wearing scarlet and gray. Let's be abundantly clear. Uh, Ohio State is playing on Saturday. He'll be in scarlet and gray. But, uh, like, it, I mean, it was a great game. I, I will say, I'm not writing off Graham Mertz. I know a lot of people want to write him off. I do think Penn State's defense is much improved. I think that this was just a challenging, a really challenging opening week matchup. And to be honest, I'm not, the one issue I have is I don't know who the receivers are in Wisconsin that you should trust. Um, and I would be, I think it'll it'll probably hurt Graham Mertz's raw production, which may end up eventually killing his NFL draft capital. Um, but I'm not fully writing him off yet. I know that's the easy thing to do. Not going to win the Heisman. Not going to be like this. Ooh, he put up four thousand yards in a season, and we all love him. But Graham probably Mertz won't. Still has yeah, he probably won't climb up Debbie boards this no, year. No, I think I think there's a, a decent chance we see another year Graham Mertz after this, and that was something I wasn't necessarily projecting. Yeah. Um, and then Georgia Clemson. So I know you were all in on Clemson. Yep. Um, mm. I, I, once I started to hear stories about their offensive line and how it was going to be even worse than last year. And last year it was more of a liability than they let on. Um, I became a little concerned. Now, with that being said, did I expect DJ Wangalale to be getting just bull rushed every single play and never actually have opportunities to pass. No. Did I expect them to go with like just a really failing offensive game plan? No. Did I, did I fully acknowledge the fact that all they, for some reason have like 10 clones at wide receiver and none of them, they don't have differing skill sets and can't, like that we, I think we real up. we realized that part of it. I mean, we I realized mean, I, they I were all. I would have told you that Frank Ladson and jo Joe Nagata were exactly the same person, and they were very, very similar to Justin Ross. But like to me, I don't understand why. I mean, I thought EJ Williams maybe could have stretched the field a little bit for him, but maybe he's not the speedster. Uh, to be honest, I if they're really doing this, I think they're going to have to start breaking in some of their young guys. Like I do think. Uh, Ajou Ajou has a little bit more athleticism than some of these guys from a can actually create separation. And then the other guy, the one that could be like their next Hunter Renfro is Troy Stilato. So um, I, I think there is opportunities for them to rebound. And let's be abundantly clear about this. There's still like a 50% chance they run the table. Sure. And we're seeing Clemson in the playoff at the end of all this. So I, I think, um, I think the one thing that this, the, the outcome um, kind of masked is how shitty Georgia looked on offense too. Like we knew yeah. Georgia's defense was, was fucking top notch. Like we knew that we knew Georgia's defense was great. Clemson's defense is also very, very good. And they have a great coaching staff there, but Georgia didn't do shit either on offense. And the only right. touchdown in this game was a pick six. Like to me, no one, at least no one I've been listening to is talking about how anemic Georgia looked on offense. And they're going to have to improve or, or their, I mean, their defense is going to keep them in absolutely every single game. And Georgia unders is going to be something that we're riding all year long. I'm sure. But God damn, like, I mean, you're, that was rough. Probably have to bet Georgia unders in the forties. Um, yeah, oh, it'll I be mean, gross. Feel, 
Um, and I'll love it. I'll, I'll say, I, will say I won't bet. I won't bet Georgia unders, but uh, damn, damn sure you will be. <laughs> um, and I, I, the one thing I will say is like, it's easy to rank Georgia second right now. And I think that you probably should put them second in the polls just because their resume earns it. I don't care how bad Ohio state's defense is. Ohio state would have beat that Georgia team last week. They just would have because Ohio state has a competent offensive line has enough skill position players that could have found openings. Ohio state would have beat that team last week. And yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe we need to get then, rolling though. We have a lot to get to buddy. Well, I got seven more words to say. So okay. quick, quick note through the other like meaningful teams in the top 25. Um, Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio state, Notre Dame, and Iowa state all struggled, uh, did come away with wins. And then North Carolina, Louisiana state, uh, and Washington all, all took an L in the first week. So, uh, big shakeups in the AP poll. Um, but whatever, let's, uh, I guess let's get a quick word from our sponsors and then yeah. we'll, uh, start jumping into some betting. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back. And without any further ado. Picks of the week. All right, it is that time. Time for our picks of the week. Before we do, though, let's do a quick rundown of last week. I uh, I had a rough week, six and eight for minus two point six nine units. Matt, you went that's nine. Oh, that's on the year. Okay, good, good. That's, that's so for rough. the year. You're six and eight with Jesus. down two point six nine units. For I could have counted. Week, for, yeah, uh, for last week you went three and five and dropped two point four zero units. Yeah, that was a shit um, week. It happens. I went. The other way, I went seven and three and was up four point zero five units, which brings me to nine and six on the season, up four point three four units. But I mean, down down two and a half units, you can flip that around pretty quickly. So yeah, let's uh let's get this week rolling with a uh, a much stronger week. And and I will uh, say, last last year, last season, you started off gangbusters, crushing everything. And I was reeling. And then as the season went on, I got back in it. So uh, I just need a little bit of time, but I feel good. I feel like I got some really um, comfortable plays that I, uh, I I feel confident this week, maybe too confident. I'm not going to go putting 50 units down again like a motherfucker, but uh, I'm going to be going to be uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, zen about it all. But let's let's hear what your favorite. Give me give me your favorite bed of the week to start off. Dang, now I gotta figure out find my list. Um, so my I I only have one two unit play or nope, that's last week. Uh I'm gonna go with my two unit play. Um it's Iowa plus four and a half points at Iowa State. Um so there's one there's really I I have kind of two big trends systems that I really like to play, and that's when you have a road dog that is a very low total. Um, tends to be a profitable one. It's about a 15% ROI. 
Um, and then also I love windy unders. So in this situation, there's forecast to be 18 mile per hour winds in this Iowa, Iowa state game. And Iowa's the the road dog catching four and a half points in a game where the total, I believe is something around like 46 points. Um, what I'm seeing in that one is that basically Vegas is saying, Hey, uh, it's going to be really hard to score in this game. Cause both of these teams, yes, Iowa state struggled a little bit last week, but their defense was, I think had like a 32% success rate allowed. They're still strong on defense uh, and they're going to lean on that running game with Brees Hall, Iowa. They came out and showed they've got really strong defense can really kind of keep explosive plays from happening. Iowa's won the last five meetings between these teams outright. I, while I do think Matt Campbell has a decent chance to get his first win here. And I, I, I did toy with the Iowa money line, but I backed away from it. If you're giving me the points in a game where I think that the total very well might be in the 30s when it's all said and done, I struggle to see one of these teams winning by a full touchdown. I think this game probably ends up within a field goal. And in that situation, I'm going to go with a team that has done it already for the last five years. So give me Iowa. And I'm this is a two-unit wager for me, um, plus four and a half. And it is minus 110. Uh, I had it on DraftKings, but yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I, it's not a lock for me, but I, if I, I mean, I will bet this game because I bet every game, but I'm with you on this. One of these teams looked awesome last week. One of these teams struggled against Northern Iowa last week. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Northern Illinois. Iowa looked freaking great. Uh, I, I love this play. I think Tyler Goodson goes off for Iowa. You know I like him. Um, I'm going to give you uh, my my favorite play of the week as well. And I'm going to go with Missouri plus five and a half at Mississippi State. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to take road dogs this week after what happened to me last week. On the like, my my road teams did did really poorly last week. Uh, Notre, I'm looking at you, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm looking at you, North Carolina. Uh, but but I feel good about this one, Missouri. I, I think Missouri is a better team. Mississippi State's shit. Uh, we make fun of Leach all the time. He's not a good coach. Uh, this team is not very good. I think Missouri is able to move the ball against that defense and put up enough points. Like I, I, I think Missouri could just flat out win this game. Um, I'll take the five and a half points instead of playing a money line. I'm just going to put two units on on Missouri plus five and a half, and I'll, and I'll feel pretty damn good about it. I like that one. Um, but looking at your list, I'm going to pick a fight right here. Oh, let's do it. But I'll start with the one that's not fighty. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Um, so you remember how I said I love windy unders? Yes. Yeah, well, there's there's 18-mile-per-hour winds forecasted for Toledo and Notre Dame. Woo. Um, and yes, Jack Cohn looked very, very, very... Sorry, my thing just jumped to another one. Um, it's 17.5 to 17.7-mile-per-hour crosswinds in this game. And I know Jack Cohn looked really good last week. I still don't fully believe in their uh, team to have a ton of like playmakers and guys to really create explosive plays. So I am going to assume that in this situation where Notre Dame showed a few weaknesses against the run last week and uh, has kind of traditionally been a team that has leaned into the running game uh, I'm going to guess that both of these teams kind of hunker down and do what they do best, which is run the ball. So I'm expecting a big output from Bryant Kobach on the Toledo side, as well as a pretty strong Kyron Williams game. And in that situation, I still think with the amount of time that's going to be chewed off the clock on each one of these drives, we're going to get four to five minute drives on average in this game. Not a lot of possessions, points at a premium, give me the under 56 um, and I'm going to put one unit on that one. Yeah, I, I agree with your, uh, your, your thoughts around Kyron, and, and we'll get into that later. Uh, but on this game um, specifically, uh, to me, I think Notre Dame, um, even with this, this, this windy forecast, like you say, maybe not being able to rely on some of those uh, big pass plays like they had last year where Austin and, and Mayer were getting really involved. I think Kyron and Tyree take over this game. Um, give me Notre Dame minus 17. I think, yeah, it's going to be a bludge fest. Like they're just going to be uh, trading shots. But at the end of the day, I think Notre Dame 
ends up winning this comfortably. They were up 18 on Florida State before uh, Mackenzie Milton came back and, and tried to uh, make magic happen. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame lets that happen again. I think they want to get uh, get through this um, unscathed and, and get, get done comfortably. They're at home. Give me Notre Dame minus 17. I'm putting one unit on it. All my all, from here on out, all my plays are one unit, so I won't I won't say that anymore. Uh, but Notre Dame minus seventeen. So now we're fighting, and it's because I'm going two units. That's me doing you. That's fair. Actually, let me see what number I actually can get because I'm seeing on your list something. Ooh, I can get seven full seventeen points. I'm gonna go Notre Dame or uh, Toledo. Plus seventeen points for two units. Um, Ooh, two units, like two units. So, Ooh. like I said, I do think that Notre Dame was slightly exposed against the run last week, and I, I've said his name a lot of times on this pod. I really believe in Bryant Kobach. I think Bryant Kobach is very, very good, um, and there is a reason why I have been saying all this because uh, he is. <laughs> I mean, that was not great explanation, but that's why. <laughs> um, Notre Dame last week allowed a rushing success rate of about 40%, and they allowed quite a few explosive plays. They only stuffed um, 14% of ones, which is below average. I know it doesn't sound like it. And they did not create a bunch of havoc, only at 16%. So essentially, all I'm saying is I think that this, this team, this Toledo team, which, yes, played Norfolk State, um, is going to be able to move the ball on the ground a decent amount, and they're going to lean on my guy, Bryant Kobach, in this one. And I don't think they have a chance to pull an outright upset. I think Notre Dame is going to win this probably in the 10-point range, but I do think that the number is off by about seven points. So I'm going to take Toledo plus 17 for two units. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. I, t- I, I definitely don't like your confidence. I don't like two units. That scares me a little bit, but I'm still playing it. I'm going to stick with it. You can't scare me, um, <laughs> but uh, but we roll on. Um, my next one is, this is going to be a principal play for me. Um, earlier this week, we saw Coach Edsel resign from UConn. At first, he was going to go, uh, go ahead and retire at the end of the year. Uh, he ended up moving it up. He's you gone now. Victory lap when you're uh, you got to get a victory <laughs> lap when you know you don't win games. Yeah, and then not only is he gone, but UConn is switching to quarterback Stephen Krajewski, who's a sophomore who is you know I mean not good, and thirty four points is a lot, but I'm not <laughs> nervous about Purdue putting up um, forty plus points, and I don't see UConn scoring much. Purdue minus thirty four. I'm gonna be playing like UConn is is my new UMass. Last year we were we were picking on UMass. This year I'm picking on UConn. So principal play fade UConn. Purdue minus thirty four one unit. Let's go. I like that one, and I'm gonna go in the same vein. I think I'll be and sweating that's... it a little bit, but I I think it'll be fine. Uh, I'm gonna go in the same vein. This is just a half unit play for me. Uh, Bowling Green is terrible. Um, I'm blanking on who they're even playing. Bowling Green is terrible. I'm taking their team total under. Um, they're playing South Alabama. I think South the South Alabama is a 14 point favorite. South Alabama likes to uh, run the ball a fair amount, so I think they'll try and limit possessions. And Bowling Green is really bad and won't be able to score when they do have possessions. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just going anti Bowling Green here because they're terrible. Um, give me. Uh, one half unit on Bowling Green team total under 17 points for the game. Yeah, that's gross. Oof. Sure. I mean, I, I know uh, nothing about South Alabama. Bowling Green is really bad. No, I know South Bowling Alabama likes to run the ball. I know. Oh, I know Bowling Green fine. is bad. That's good enough for me. <laughs> no, you want to know what? I'm also, I'm going to double down on this one. Uh, I mentioned already, I think that uh, these two teams are going to both have issues or are going to keep possessions at a premium. Um, because I think that South Alabama is just going to have their way with them on defense and will be just running the ball a ton on offense. I'm going to double down. I'm going to take the under 50 and a half right now. It's only really available at one book. So shop because you may otherwise be paying in the mid forties. Um, but then I'm going to, I'm going to take South Alabama Bowling Green state at 50 and a half. And I believe if I'm not 
mistaken. Uh, yeah, there's a 18 to 20 mile per hour crosswind. So they're definitely not passing in this game. Of course. Um, so we've talked about Bowling Green a bunch as being terrible, but I have a secret love affair with Bowling Green because whenever I played NCAA, like we talked about, um, they're always my team. <laughs> I like to create dynasties with it, with them. Um, my next play it, um, last week, NC state crushed South Florida. Um, there was no doubt that it was going to be a blowout from the get go. Uh, this week they get to play, uh, Florida. Um, I'm going to take Florida minus 28 at USF. Florida has a lot to prove. I think they want to get Emory Jones feeling comfortable in that offense. I think we see them uh, push their foot down on that gas pedal and 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 kind of just go for it. I, I expect this to be upwards of a 30 to 35 point win for for Florida. So 28 feels pretty safe. Uh, I've got I've got high confidence that they're going to want to get Emory Jones feeling comfortable because I mean, that's what they want. They want him to be their guy and he has all the talent in the world. He just needs to put it together. And I think this is going to be a nice springboard for him. I don't know if he ends up, you know, like reaching the expectations that there once was for him, but I think in this game, they, they give him the opportunity to, uh, to ball out. So go ahead and give me Florida minus 28. I'm taking some big numbers this week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you're doing here. I'm going to You don't like that one? No, I do. I I mean, it's South Florida. <laughs> that's my that's what I on thought. That, too. On that same vein, I'm going to take two gross teams. Temple minus 7 at <laughs> Jesus, I didn't see this on there. This is so mad. I love it. <laughs> um I don't care that Temple got housed by Rutgers. I do care that Akron made Bo Nix like look like the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Um, I think it completed like 90% of his passes. It was something silly. Um, Akron's the bottom five team in all of college football. Um, bet against them. And if you're only having to lay seven points, bet against them. So I'm going to, this is slightly principal here. Um, and then I'm also going to say under 53 and a half for this game, because guess what else there is in this one? You know, windy you under. Know. Is this a windy under there again? Some for wind, you? There is some wind happening right here. Uh, there are 14 and a half mile per hour crosswinds in this game. Uh, no one's passing. Hey. Also, basically, my logic with Akron is that uh, they don't have an offensive player that matters because their best player on offense is going to prison for felony gun charges. Oh, man. Um, they're bad. Bet against them. So how far away is how far away is Akron from you? Four hours. If if I buy your ticket, will you go to the game? No. (laughs) I I got too much stuff going on on Saturdays. No. (laughs) This is one Uh, of those games. Like I'd rather have my four screens going on at home than go to a fucking Akron game. You just, by the way, that's our third F bomb. You just threw us into explicit. Oh, that's Um, okay. No one, (laughs) no one's listening anyway. Um. All right, so yeah, so I, those are my two on that game. I like I went a little gross this week, and I just had fun with it. So, what yeah. do you have for me? Yeah, I, I got a I got a gross game for you. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take you to. Well, this one's just gonna be an ugly game. Like Washington just lost to Montana. They only scored seven points on man on Montana, but their defense is pretty damn good. Also. Ronnie Bell is out for the year for Michigan. I don't think Michigan is going to be able to move the ball against Washington. I don't think Washington can move the ball against anyone. I'm going under 49 Washington at Michigan. I think this is going to be just a rock fight where both teams are trying to run the ball and just get first one to 14 wins. Um, Well, 17. First one is 17 wins uh, under 49. I'll take, I'm, Hey, even I would take this to 44, under 44. I, I thought about doing an alternate total. Not going to do it. Um, Don't mess around with alternate lines. No, no, no. I will later. We'll get to that. Um, but, but but for right now, I'm not. So um, Washington, Michigan, under 49. Uh, this one I feel really, really good about. Really good about. I, I had two units on it, but then I wanted to play too many plays. and I didn't have enough units to go around. 
Uh, so, so I could only put one on it. But this is my second favorite play of the week. Wait. There was something I was remembering from this game. Let me look. Like, dude, I will dude, also dude. say, like... <laughs> 15 mile per hour crosswind. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And, and like, um, why can't I remember uh, the quarterback for Washington's name? Because he's terrible, I guess. Um, but he played so poorly last week. But they're not going to go to Heward in this game. They're not going to have Heward's first game be at halftime um, at Michigan. No way. They're going to save him for the following week if if this dude struggles. Why can't I remember his name? Dylan uh, Morris. Morris, yes. I was, I was thinking Miller. Um, Morris. He, he, he was awful. He threw three picks last week against Montana. I just don't see him being able to do enough. And the running backs aren't explosive enough to create enough on their own. And I don't think Michigan, like even if Michigan gets up comfortably, which is possible, um, they'll slow it down. Harbaugh's not going to like step on their throat. So I feel really confident about this. Uh, uh, I feel really comfortable about this under. I've had too many, um, too many mules. But we By shall the way, continue. Remember when I took Washington over nine wins this year? How does that feel right now? <laughs> not, not good. Um, <laughs> all right, I've only got two plays left. Okay, I've got um, I've I've got one um that that you'll like. Do you want me to go ahead and and, and give yeah, you let's another get one? one more. So um I was just talking about like thinking about an alternate uh, total. I am taking an alternate on this one. Um I I'm a huge Oregon fan. You're a huge Ohio State fan. We kind of buried the lead here. We should be fighting. But the truth of the matter is, uh, we both believe Ohio State takes care of business rather comfortably this week. But I don't like having to uh, that 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 fourteen plus is not feeling good. So I found minus 13 and a half as an alternate and only giving up minus 125 juice um, over at DraftKings. So I'm going to play Ohio State minus 13 and a half. Oregon is one in five against the spread in the last six games. Not great. But then they also are out. One of their um, starting linebackers, middle linebacker, Mathis is out. Uh, Thibodeau, we don't know if he's going to play. He was in a freaking boot halfway through the game. Uh, once he Once he exited that Fresno State game, they were able to do whatever they wanted through the air. They had so much time uh, to find open receivers that the, it was just disgusting. The only way Oregon could get pressure was with blitzing. If you blitz on Ohio State, you better damn believe they're going to find the open receiver because they've got five five stars that are going to just obliterate you. Six, seven, 12? How many five-star wide receivers? <laughs> Too many. Um, not, not only is Thibodeau out, um, three three of the um, three defensive backs, two starters are uh, still suspended uh, from the defensive backfield um, to uh, a corner and a safety um, are out. You don't want to be short handed in your, in, in your, with your defensive backs against this Ohio state team. Um, and Oregon finds himself there. The two touchdowns makes me nervous just because of the backdoor cover. I could see, you know, it being like not a very entertaining game for the neutral fan. Uh, for most of it, and then Oregon scores late to to lose by fourteen. Uh, that's why I want that minus thirteen and a half. So I'm 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 happy to spend um, you know ten cents on that half point to get to minus thirteen and a half. So uh, so that's my play. So, um, sorry, I can't be more excited about Oregon, and we can have this big fight, and we can like make someone buy a jersey or anything. But uh, CJ Verdell is going to run a lot in this game. Uh, Ohio State replaced all four of their top uh, linebackers from last year. Uh, everyone saw that Mo Ibrahim uh, exposed Ohio State's defense. I'm full of shit. Ohio State's going to win this game by three touchdowns. Um, yeah, and, uh, and and I think I think if if I was forced to choose, is this a seven point game or a twenty one point game? Yeah, I'm going to go twenty one point game as well. I think the odds are more likely that it's a blow up than that it's close. But I I just want to to me it's worth especially starting off kind of slow, it's worth uh, spending that 10 cents or whatever to get that extra half point. All right. I got a half unit on Ohio State's team total over 39. It's not some principle I think that they score 40 all the time. It's that I don't think Oregon's defense is going to be able to do a whole lot. Um, I think Ronnie Rivers showed that they can be run on. Ohio State's running backs are better than Ronnie Rivers. Ohio State's offensive line is going to be the best offensive line Oregon faces all year. Um, if Thibodeau is out or isn't a hundred percent i don't think they're going to be able to generate much pressure so that will allow uh cj stroud in front of the home crowd to uh realistically do whatever he wants uh whether in this game 
let's see. I don't actually know if there's any weather. Uh, I can tell you that the state of Ohio feels wonderful right now. Um, Dude, it was 95 degrees here today in Colorado. Brutal. So there, there is a little bit of wind in this game, so maybe passing will get a little bit more difficult in the second half when winds are projected uh, between 12 and 13 mile per hour. Um, but realistically, Ohio State does a pretty nice job of setting up short passes that go to the running backs or to Chris Alave or to anyone else that allow them to kind of make plays after the catch. And as everyone should have seen, uh, Travion Henderson's really, really good. Um, he can do kind of whatever he wants. I think they're going to be able to score kind of at will. And honestly, I think this is, I feel a little, if, if you're an Oregon fan, this is the one game where they might look to embarrass a team. And I think the reasoning behind that is because this is their resume win. So if Ohio State does just look like the dominant team in this one, and I'm not actually saying that it will be the case, but if it comes out and Ohio State is is controlling things, I think they are more likely to try and run up the score on an Oregon team than they would have been against a Minnesota team. So I think Ohio State's really going for a ton in this one. I I think they're gonna they're gonna get over fifty. I was I was surprised not to see this play. I was surprised to not see uh, minus fourteen on your on your board for Ohio State. I like after uh, last week, where I nearly jinxed them by telling everyone I knew Ohio State by a hundred, I am not <laughs> going to do that. No, um, I think that's fair. I think if if Thibodeau's out, I will definitely join you with this one. I I do think he makes that big of a difference. I know it's weird to say that about a defensive end, but uh, he just can can create enough havoc and pressure. Like he had that strip sack last week that, that led to a, a short field and a score for Oregon. Um, but when he's not in, it's just a different team. All right. I'm going to give you two because you've got one left in your board. I've got three. Um, I'm going to go with, um, so last week I went and saw my, uh, my CU buffs. It was a whole experience the, there was a kid in front of me that had to get like taken out by the, uh, the medics because he was like throwing up and like dying in front of me. It was rough. Uh, the only thing grosser than hearing and smelling and watching that kid throw up was watching uh, CU's offense for, for most of the game. Yeah, the final score looked really good for CU, uh, 35-7 against Northern Colorado. But if you saw how that game played out, they did not look good. At one point, uh, there was guys on the team chatting up girls on the stands. Like You could see it on the big screen. It was pretty embarrassing. I, I think Texas A&M... Uh, comes into Denver. This is not going to be played in Boulder. It's at mile high. Um, I think Texas A&M comes in, Nate, uh, just calls their number, puts up 24 on them, like plus 24, and uh, and rolls out. So give me Texas A&M minus 17 at CU. Um, sorry, Buffs. And then uh, another road, another road game that, I mean, I'm picking a lot of road teams again. What the hell is wrong with me? I'm going Texas minus seven at Arkansas. Arkansas struggled against Rice last week. Uh, Texas looked really good against a Louisiana team that that people thought were going to be good. That that people believed like that they believed in. Like Louisiana brought back a bunch of players from last year, and they had a really good year last year. Uh, they took care of business. So Texas looked good. Arkansas struggled against Rice. Give me Texas minus seven. I think at wor- worst case scenario, I push here. So so I really feel comfortable with the with that play. What's what's the last game you have on the board here? Um, so you remember how I said I like uh, in low scoring games I like to take the points. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Buffalo plus thirteen and a half at Nebraska. Um, I, I think like this that. game is another low scoring game. Nebraska's run defense is not good. Um, it's really not good. Um, Buffalo's run offense it's not as dominant as it was under Leipold. But they also did not do a full-on scheme change. They are still trying to run the ball a whole lot. And I think this is a game where they run the ball a lot, try and play almost the exact same way that Illinois played against Nebraska. Uh, I think this game has will end up feeling very similar, mm. uh, which is to say gross. <laughs> but I So I think that keeps the game low. I actually I would le- take a lean on the total on the under, as you would expect. Um, but because I expect it to be a low scoring game and I do think Buffalo will have some success running the ball, I'm going to guess that they stay within two touchdowns. So give me Buffalo plus 13 and a half for one unit. Nice. Oh, I I meant to ask you earlier, you mentioned you had two plays on that temple Akron game and I got carried away with 
asking you to go to that game. Were you going to parlay that at all, or, or are those no. two individual bets? Two individual. You don't want to parlay it? No. I love no. parlays. Come on. I know okay. you do. Guess what? <laughs> So do so do casinos. I was gonna say so does my sports book. (laughs) There's a sports book loves it when you show up with a parlay ticket. There's a reason they give you plus like, hey, yeah, go ahead. We'll give you plus 33% on this four-leg parlay. Um my last play on the day, NC State, uh going to Mississippi State. Van Kylan Hill was my boy, but he's gone and uh Leech is awful. Did I already say did I already talk about this game? I feel like I did. Uh I'm taking NC State minus one. We talked about it. Oh, before we started, before, before we, we hit started, record. We were, we were... Yeah. Uh, the Wolfpack looked awesome. Um, Mississippi State looks like shit. Give me NC State minus one um, at Mississippi State. I think they'll win comfortably. Uh, I feel comfortable. I had this when it was at minus two and a half. Um, the line has moved in my favor. I'm cool with that. Uh, I think NC State is the real deal. I told you already that I, I bet them on their season win total. So feel really good about this this team. I think those those running backs, um, you know, Knight and Persons, I think they're going to just roll. I don't think Mississippi State is going to be able to hang with them. I think this is a pretty comfortable win. So uh, let's go through these real quick, and then we'll get, on, get over to DFS. Uh, Matt, you've got well, – actually, why don't you run through your card, and then I'll run through mine. I've got two units on Toledo plus 17 in Notre Dame because they're going to win out right – no, I don't know. Um, I've got <laughs> – <laughs> Toledo Notre Dame under fifty six. I've for one unit. I've got Temple minus seven at Akron. I've got Temple and Akron under fifty three and a half. I've got Buffalo plus thirteen and a half against Nebraska. For one unit, I've got a half unit on Ohio State team total over thirty nine. Two units on Iowa plus four and a half at Iowa State. A half unit on Buffalo team total under seventeen, and one unit on. Uh, did I say Buffalo? Bowling yeah. Green team total under 17 and South Alabama and Bowling Green under 50 and a half. Nice. All right. Uh, my two unit play is Missouri plus five and a half. Wait a second. Who's <laughs> I've got, I've got some, some screw ups in my, in my doc. Yeah. Here. I'm going to be honest. That's why we, it that's felt why like I got talking con- about Mississippi state and Missouri's playing Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. So Missouri, Kentucky, I was so confused. I was like, yeah. you did talk about them. Yeah, no. So <laughs> I did this last week. By the too, way, where I kept... the analysis on this one. No, Kentucky's uh, fraudulent. Yes. And they, they struggled last week. Hey, I did this last week as well, where I kept saying the wrong team name. Just kick me in the balls next time. I've got, I've got Missouri plus five and a half at Kentucky. I've got Florida minus 28. Notre Dame minus 17 at um, versus Toledo. Washington at Michigan under 49. Texas minus seven at Arkansas, Purdue minus 34 against the worst team in the nation, UConn. My first, one of my first football games was at UConn. Um, Oregon at Ohio State, I've got minus 13 and a half on an alternate line. NC State minus one at Mississippi State. And then I've got Texas A&M rolling into Denver, winning by more than 17. Are you ready? It is time. Let's get to it. Let me pull it up. Here we go. DFS. All right, it's that time. Time for some DFS. What are you? Uh, what are you doing here? Um, last week, I did not make any money. I did terrible last week in DFS. Uh, we both ended up finishing outside of the uh, prize pool on our tournament. Uh, I finished six thousand five hundred twenty-first with a score of one hundred and forty point nine. You finished. 15,125th with a score of 97.88. Realistically, you had pretty solid performances from Ritter, Jalen Cropper, and Anthony Brown. Outside of that, it was gross. It was it gross. It did not work out well for you. Um, I had Rattler, who wasn't great, but was fine. I had Jerome Ford, who did very well. Blake Corum, people. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to say it every week, but Blake Corum is the Michigan running back this year. Um, Jamison Williams had a very long score for Ohio State, or for that hurts my heart for Alabama. <laughs> and then Skylar Thompson did not quite live up to my hopes, but he did over three x, so we're fine. Uh, Mike Woods was a ghost, so that one may, hurts my heart a lot because I late swapped him. So um, either way, we're moving on. 
Uh, so far, I'm down $2 on the year. You are up $6. $6, I believe. Whatever. Something like that. All right. Uh, so let's start off. We share a quarterback here. You know why? This slate's not great. <laughs> it's not my favorite slate. Um, I'm playing him at Superflex. You're playing him at quarterback. CJ Stroud. Yep. Uh, we mentioned it. We think that Ohio State's going to be able to score a lot of points. Uh, I believe that there is some pretty significant issues with the linebacking group with uh, with Oregon, and I think that will be in the short yardage passes that allow for yards after catch. Will well, be yeah, there. their middle linebacker is injured and out. Like it's going to be yeah. a problem. And I believe that is where Ohio State will look to create opportunities, which is why my flex position. Uh, by the way, Stroud is 8,600. Uh, my flex position is Travion Henderson. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got CJ Stroud as well. I've also got Travion Henderson in my running backs space. Um, I think, I think this is a pretty, like we said, I think, I think Ohio state's going to be able to score, um, the defensive injuries and suspensions, just like Oregon's at a major disadvantage. And even if they weren't, like I think Ohio State just got the talent to be able to to score in a lot of different ways. Um, but not only like I know like stacking a running back and a quarterback is weird. We also both share a a another piece of this offense. We both are going with Garrett Wilson at five thousand nine hundred. Um, I took him because he was cheaper than Chris Olave, and I think they both could be really good. Uh, is, is that kind of what your your mindset was here as well, or do you think you'll actually sort outperform of, uh, Olave? No, I, I do. Like I said, I think this is a game where it's not necessary. I think because they might blitz and because they may do um, try and scheme ways to get pressure on the quarterback, I do think that's going to open up more shorter yardage plays, which is why I like the Henderson, and it's actually why I like Wilson because they tend because he was in the slot last year and because he's a little bit more of a um, athletic wide receiver. He's not necessarily just like a vertical threat or um, yeah, just needing playtime to develop. Uh, I think they're going to go to him a little bit more in this game. I do think Alave outscores and don't like take any of this to say, Oh, I think he's going to crush. No, I think, I think Garrett Wilson will do well, but I do think Alave outscores him. But I just think that between like, the weaknesses in the Oregon defense tend to fit a little bit better with his game. And while I do think that Alave is going to have probably two, like take the top off the defense type plays. Uh, I, I also think you're going to get several receptions for Wilson, which will kind of build up some of those PPR points. Um, all right. And then we have opposing running backs in one of ours. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned him before. I still love him. He didn't get a ton of work last week because they ran the ball with the quarterback so much, but I do love Bryant Kobach against Notre Dame. I I think Notre Dame is susceptible um, to explosive plays, and I think Bryant Kobach is going to do something with those. Um, this one's a little bit risky because there is a, a, a I mean, Notre Dame is a 17-point favorite for a reason. If I am wrong in my analysis of that game, Bryant Kobach is going to probably not get utilized much in the second half. But with that being said, I saw Deshaun Corbin, who I don't think is a markedly better running back than Bryant Kobach, uh, really have himself a day against this Notre Dame defense. So I'm going to go with my analysis on that game and say Bryant Kobach at 6,500 as my starting running back. Yeah, I do think part of the reason, I actually talked about this on the uh, C2C podcast earlier today, um, I hasn't come out yet. It's coming out after this one. Um, but I think part of the reason Corbin did so well is Notre Dame was really focused on uh, on Jordan Travis so much and uh, were keying off of him and didn't want him to, to beat them. And so they they were like, well, you're our first read. We'll let the running backs do what they do. I'm curious what kind of game plan they come out with against Toledo. Um, but yeah, to your to your point, if they're keying on the on the quarterback again, uh, Kobach could find himself some space on the outside. Uh, I have got a running back in this game too. Kyron Williams, I think, will smash. As you said, there's going to be a lot of wind in this game. I don't know if they're going to want to rely on Cone to uh, to be throwing those those deep seam routes to um, to Mayer or to Austin. I think I think Kyron Williams is the play here. I think he absolutely smashes. Really excited to have him at seven thousand three hundred. Um, by far my most expensive non quarterback this week, but to me he was worth um, um, spending up for. So, so we've gone through um, my two running backs, one of my quarterbacks. You've still got another running back on the board. Who, who are you going with? 
Uh, I've got CJ Verdell. Um, I don't think it's inconceivable that Oregon really just tries to play the Minnesota offense in this game against Ohio State. I do think they're... There's a chance that last week's playbook was completely vanilla and that Oregon looks to try and take shots downfield in this game. But I also think they saw a an, an Ohio State offense or an Ohio State defense that struggled on the linebacker one was not necessarily dominant against the run. I mean, I think if you remove that long run from Ibrahim, all of a sudden the stats look really uh, substantially better. But I think... Verdell is the guy they're going to plug in because they did utilize him a little bit more than die last week. And I, I just think if I'm getting opportunities, if Oregon does try and slow the game down, Verdell is going to be the guy that they lean on in this spot. So at 5,400, I felt like he was a pretty good price. I really, at this point only if he gets a touchdown in this game, I'm in great position. So yeah. Yeah. To your point, I I don't think they're going to have Anthony Brown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the primary like focal point of this offense with deep passes. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to try to play pretty, pretty safe. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be Verdell or die or a mixture of both. Um, I have one more running back. He's at my flex position. I'm going with Isaiah Spiller. Um, as I said, I think Texas A&M has a really strong game against CU. I, I think Spiller is going to be a big part of that. I think you come into Denver don't really want to get into a track meet with a bunch of, you know, deep throws, get your guys tired out. I think they rely on the run game. I think they have a really solid, comfortable win. And I think Spiller is a big reason why. And for like 6,700, 6, it, it felt, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, but it's only 200 more than what you're paying for Kobach. So uh, to me, it, it felt like a pretty good value play too. Um, a game we didn't mention this week that I do think has the potential to be Final score, a little bit high scoring, is uh, Penn State and Ball State. So I'm actually going to take uh, two really good wide receivers from these te- uh, from this game. Number one, I'm going to take Jahan Dotson. Uh, we all kind of saw it last week. When they were able to get Jahan Dotson into the game is when Penn State's offense really opened up. Uh, at 7,000, he is my he is my priciest non-quarterback. Um, but, oh wait, I never mentioned my quarterback. Also, Sean Clifford. Um, <laughs> Gross. I'm stacking. I'm stacking Clifford with Dotson essentially because I think Ball State's going to allow quite a few points in this game. So the Penn State stack, and then because I think there's an opportunity for some garbage time points, Yahines Tyler from Ball State um, is very good and does get a fair number of passes thrown his way. Um, if he's going up against second stringers in the second half there's an opportunity for quite a few points. So he's a little bit gross because I am banking on him playing against people who will not start the game, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fair. My other quarterback is uh, is kind of a TBD. Um, right now I've got Carson Beck in there for Georgia. JT Daniels has an injury and is questionable to play. Uh, Carson I I just saw he was ruled out. Yeah, Carson Beck was taking first team snaps with Georgia. Um, so I'm going to roll with him if he's available. I'm going to go ahead and give you my alternate just in case. Um, and that's going to be Anthony Brown. And that's just for what we said. The same reason that that you are playing CJ Verdell was, is why I would play Anthony Brown. It's going to be for his rushing upside, not his passing. But I, I'm going with Carson Beck uh, for, for Georgia. Um, but I, this is going to be a game time decision. The nice thing about DraftKings is you can change it like <laughs> whatever. So I'll be waiting until game day to make sure that I finalize this. But but for the pod, um, just know that I've got Carson Beck as my plan A, Anthony Brown as my plan B. Uh, we've got a couple of um, you know wide receivers left to talk about. Um, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Xavier Hutchinson for Iowa State. Uh, he he didn't have a whole lot of yards last last week, but seven receptions for 88 yards. Uh, clearly, someone they're looking for. I know Kolar was out. Kolar's questionable to play. We'll see what it what what he does, but but I think I think Hutchinson's going to be another uh, key cog in this passing machine. So uh, give me give me give me Hutchinson at uh, six thousand bucks. I've already said my entire lineup. I didn't hear you say Ty- I didn't hear you say Heinz Tyler, but my bad. You did because I talked about him going against backups. <sighs> I was researching something. <laughs> yeah. Always pay attention. I'm an asshole. All right. Talk about your guy that isn't going to play. My last boy is Micah Pittman for Oregon. Um, 
when Oregon had to get back in, like get back in the game. Uh, yes, Johnny Johnson the third had had the long touchdown pass, looked fine. He's pretty expensive this week for for what kind of player he is. I think the value play for Oregon's offense is um, Micah Pittman for four thousand two hundred dollars. I do think Oregon is going to have to play catch up in the second half, and I think Pittman's going to be the guy they look to. If he's healthy, he's the wide receiver you want for this Oregon team until Troy Franklin tells me otherwise. Uh, Franklin is still um, out with an injury. doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this week. So so Pittman, to me, is going to be the guy they're looking to um, to try to play catch-up. And, and obviously, neither of us think it's going to work, but that's what they're going to try to do. So um, my lineup looks like um, I've got C.J. Stroud at quarterback. My running backs are Kyron Williams, Trevion Henderson. At wide receiver, I've got Garrett Wilson, Xavier Hutchinson, Micah Pittman. At flex, I've got Isaiah Spiller and Superflex, Carson Beck, unless uh, JT Daniels goes, and then I'm going to go with Anthony Brown. Sorry, I was researching to make sure Carson Beck no, was still yeah, an ass. I didn't want to... Go I ahead, give care. me your lineup. I am not easily offended by this. I just have to, to call you a jerk. Um, I've got Sean Clifford. Uh, gross. That's so uh, gross. Yeah, you want to know why, though? Ball He's going to score. <laughs> I don't care. He's going to score points. Uh, Bryant Kobach, CJ Verdell, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, Johannes Tyler. That's like 70% just based on his name. Uh, Travion Henderson and CJ Stroud. Um, I'm just putting this out there. If uh, Oregon and Ohio State don't go over their total, I'm not winning. <laughs> I'm not going to be profitable on this one. But I think this one's going to be a high-scoring game. And when you are putting together these lineups, I would honestly say pretty much your first step in uh, picking players should be go look at Vegas totals. Um, if you're looking at a game and all of a sudden you've got a total in the 40s, it's probably a decent stay away spot. Um, Xavier Hutchinson. Um, but I, I, I'm joking in this one because I do think he's going to get a fair amount of volume and that's really all that matters. But I do think that when you're looking at this, you want you want teams that are going to score. You want you want the game that is in the 60s. You want the game where a total could be on the bottom of 70. Uh, and if that's the case, that's when you can stack up players on the favorite, stack up um, inexpensive options for arbitrage plays on the underdog. Uh, so I do think that there is a lot of value in just taking 10 minutes to look at the highest total, um, the highest Vegas totals on your slate. So that is where I'm at right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I will also say, fun. I, I like my lineup a little bit more in cash, but, uh, but you know, I like it in, in, uh, in some G GPP too. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. This is gonna be a fun good, week because we enter into GPP. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know, I know. I'm just saying, if you're playing cash, my lineup's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is gonna be a fun week. I mean, um, I'm a little bummed because like I don't have a whole lot of optimism for Oregon uh, against Ohio State, who I still think. I mean, they were my national championship pick, so like obviously, like I think they're really, really, really good. Um, there's not a whole lot of like super marquee matchups, but there's just enough. Dude, I'm really uh, low key excited. It's not on my. It's not on. <laughs> this is so gross. You've rubbed off on me in the worst ways possible. I'm low key excited for for Vandy to come up to Colorado Springs and I mean Fort Collins and and try to play uh, Colorado State. Um, Colorado minus seven was on my book for a little while. I, I played it myself. It's not a lock though, but um, yeah, it's some gross games, but it's gonna be a, a shit ton of fun. I am going to be tuning in for Mercer in Alabama. Yeah, um, sure. I'm not. Um, definitely gonna watch Kansas and Coastal. Uh, it's a. I, I will say this: as loaded as last week was. Um, so every week, not or most weeks, I try and pull together a spreadsheet with S and P plus numbers. Um, with kind of the best Vegas numbers to find a little bit of optimism. Find like spots where you can get a little value. Um. Uh, but I don't typically put FCS teams on there because we don't have good as they don't have S and P plus numbers and they're hard to really compare. Um, I like to, if you really like the plays, then you can kind of go look at Sagarin for plays or for numbers like that. But with all that being said, there were like 20 games this week that I just straight up couldn't include on my list because they was FCS team against like meaningful um, FBS programs. So 
there's going to be a lot of trash games this yes. week, and it's because they op- when you open up this college season with like somewhat difficult games, they're like, but we still need our tune up. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, this is this is tune up week. I mean, Ohio State's getting a tune up. They're making a team come over and say, uh, "Hey, wake up at nine a.m. and play football." So, uh, yeah, I it, feel it'll you. be an interesting. I feel hey, you. Honestly, if it, if the game was at nine a.m. body clock time, I think Oregon would have a better chance. It's stupid that this game isn't eight o'clock for everyone, but whatever. It will be fun. Uh, my son will be dressed up in scarlet and gray, and he will get to see his uh, future favorite team win. Yeah, I'll be wearing my Oregon socks because those bring luck. It'll be fun, man. I'm excited. It's going to be an awesome week two of college football. We will be back with you next week to to go over uh, all the picks that you need to be making. I'm going to be uh, feeling real good after I uh, get back on the winning side of things. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, give us a rating and review. Subscribe, follow along. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Matt, do you have anything to leave our good listeners with? Chris Olave could beat Devonta Smith up in a fight. There you have it. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week.